0: Hey everybody! Welcome to Exo Squad Goals, the Exo Squadcast podcast. I'm Chris Mastalone. I'm Ryan
1: Hardy, and I'm Chris Tarantino.
0: And on this episode, we're talking about season two, episode twelve, "The Greatest Fear," written by Mark Edens and Stephen Levi, who uh, they previously wrote together on The Brood back in season one, episode eleven. So almost exactly one season later, back together, back at it again. Happy anniversary! Uh, <laughs> yeah, happy ride anniversary, guys. Um, so. <laughs> uh yeah i'll just get right to it do you guys like this one
2: uh yeah it's um the animation is a lot cartoonier so i don't feel like it always has the gravitas it should but overall it's a really good episode
1: um yeah i liked it it's it seems like this thing we run into a lot where it's, it feels like it could have been 40 minutes long um and maybe maybe that would have been better, but I liked it. There's some like interesting stuff in it. Marcel is very petulant in the beginning. um and I almost felt like it should have been like a, been like a horror episode, like a horror movie. um but obviously they're limited.
0: Yeah, no, and I think if I remember correctly, we're getting more into the horror territory uh I think in the next episode, maybe even, because um we deal a lot with them gooey boys. With the auto,
1: <laughs> oh yeah, auto auto gooey.
0: mutation disease. Um, um,
1: but yeah, so, it would have been super, you know, super cool again if this, if you were to, if we, if three of us were to redo this show. Um, yes, <laughs> to, to, to really push <laughs> push those genre elements. I think it could have been a really uh, cool kind of dark episode in that in that in like a fun dark kind of way.
0: Yeah, no, and there's because there's like a lot of really cool imagery in here, but it's also you know met halfway through with the adventure story of like getting there and the rescue. So well let's get into it a little bit, okay? Uh so basically we start off with Marcellus having a nightmare about gooey sloppy noises that are in a very prisony looking room. He's like so loud and distraught by it. But here's the thing, of course he's not sleeping because he's a neo sapien. JT Marsh runs in, which makes me think does Marsh have his own room or are they like is this how do the quarters work? But uh And they talk about it, and basically, they exchange fears.
1: What do you fear most, JT? Huh? Well, I guess that I'll make a mistake that'll cost the life of somebody in the squad. What are you afraid of? Come on, I told you. Now you tell me. Let's just say I fear what might happen in the future. Um, Marcel is super petulant in that exchange, first of all. It's very, like, sassy. One. Two... JT again doesn't know how Neo Sapiens work. Yeah, um, he he has to explain that they do fall asleep sometimes. Kind of, their parts of their brains fall asleep. Um, yeah, like and three brain
0: I, dreams, and the other keeps going.
1: Uh, I, I, uh, three, I, three. I think their fears are are interesting and real. Like his fear of losing a trooper. JT's is, I think, what a lot of people, a lot of real people in that situation would fear. And I think for Marsala, like. It's much more of an abstraction, which I think is interesting for Neosapiens, so it's not literal. You know, it's an abstract concept, the future.
0: Yeah, especially because, and again, it's that thing where it's like, oh, they're not creative. They don't, yeah, you they know, don't. they don't know anything. And he's like, I fear this abstract concept. It's like, give them a little more credit than you guys are, right?
1: But it's interesting that any sapien kitten suffer from autoimmune disorder or not, um, <laughs> autoimmune <laughs> <laughs> disorder. <laughs> it's a
0: weird. Yeah. It, um, it, it's hard to say because it you know it's like oh yeah they nailed it being close to something very real which makes yeah. it like it it makes it feel more real but yeah it's annoying to say keep saying it over and over
1: but it's like it can happen anytime it happened with trauma it could happen without trauma and and no one really knows what causes it
0: so yeah exactly because I guess their are Well, they will say later their DNA is unstable so even like technically if you got like a paper cut
1: no one knows Chris yeah
0: it's like bees <laughs> in the in the happening
1: it's yeah. just a mystery I mean, science will come up with some reason to put in the books but in the end it'll be just a theory I mean, we will fail to acknowledge that there are forces at work beyond our understanding to be a good scientist you must have a respectful awe for the
0: laws of nature we cut to hard cut smash cut Vesta Venus uh, a bunch of Neo-Megas are getting there it's Lysander and his boys versus Draconis and his crew
1: Lysander welcome to Venus I'm my staff at your disposal
2: As Phaeton directed. We have no time for protocol, Draconis. Is our transport ready?
1: Of course. Have the requested specimens been isolated? I've prepared a special facility for them, as Phaeton ordered, on Mount Artemis.
0: I'd uh, like to know the purpose of your mission. Your duty is to provide security. You do not need to know anything more. They're there for some secret research or something. They're going to, you know, some crazy they're going to mount artemis where there's a secret base uh draconis is like creon find out what's happening and he's like okay sure no problem meanwhile the exo fleet is doing recon on venus because they're going to do a uh one of them invasions coming up
2: they can neither so. confirm nor deny it though
0: yeah yeah exactly james is james
1: asked them it's like so is this happening and they're like we're here to do a complete recon of venus We've got to locate every Neo base and troop concentration and report back to ExoFleet. That can only mean one thing. ExoFleet's getting ready to liberate Venus.
0: I, uh, can't confirm anything. JT Marsh being all coy. So, though there is a great moment here, and it harkens back to the last episode, where, uh, a patrol comes to fight them on when they're coming into the atmosphere, and, uh you know Takagi's pursuing the last guy and Marsh is like let
1: him go Takagi break off pursuit we're here to look not fight <laughs> can I follow orders or what
2: Takagi only you can show off by not showing off
0: so it's like oh he learned he's part of the team now suck it Seth Rogan. so yeah they're doing recon and there are all these things James is super eager to get revenge for his mom and dad basically the Neo Sapiens have all the bases set up exo fleet needs to find out where they are and what they're doing and it all goes pretty well until bronski gets involved um when they have to climb a mountain to put up basically one of those view finder things you'd you'd see at like a harbor and a flying camera comes by torres frags it and then a firefight ensues and yeah bronski really does not like walking we learn. We learned
1: why he joined the exo fleet because he yeah. did not want to walk. Man,
2: why do we have to lug this junk up the mountain on foot? That's what E-frames are for. If I'd have wanted to walk, I'd have
1: joined the infantry. Can the complaints, Bronski. And keep climbing.
0: There's also a great line in there that, again, kind of like rooting for Hollis to get, like, killed. It's Christmas time in Hollis Sweet! There was the, guy, the third guy who was, like, the red shirt with them. And there's a line where they look at this you know I think it's like uh, Ford Elizabeth and Bronski says
2: it's kind of pretty you wouldn't even know there were any Neos in it
0: I'd know man this guy's such a dick you know anyway they get into it Bronski falls off a cliff falls 30 feet onto his face gets up like nothing happened Uh, JT goes to save him his frame gets hit so you know he's down trying to get his engines back online a bunch of tanks are rolling in Marsala uncloaks Blam frags those tanks saves JT but he and Nara are about to get captured cuz their frame gets hit on takeoff and of course James comes and he saves only one person and it's not Marsala
2: I don't know I can't really hate on James for trying to for, for prioritizing his sister I don't see that as like uh problematic
1: I thought the whole scene was interesting cuz I kept thinking that somebody else was going to get captured first I thought it was going to be JT and then I thought it was going to be first I thought it was going to be Bronski then JT then then Nara then turns out to be marsala it was like everyone kept getting hit which that was i thought was a fun little sequence
0: yeah like it, it kept you it kept upping the stakes a little bit like the mission kept going worse and worse and worse um of course from a bronski fuck up
1: i did i did write down just bloody cloak yeah right um, <laughs> it's like you have cloaking just cloak just yeah, you
0: there's no like it's you know it's not like diablo where there's like a cooldown on your cloaking ability it's like you know it's you could just do it again man Yeah. Like, which again raises the question why JT Marsh doesn't just use the sunburst, like, just keep smashing that button over and over again. Exactly. Yeah, so they capture Marsala. There's tensions back at the the rebel base. And Kaz stands up for Marsala being like, You should have pulled
1: Marsala out when you picked up Nara. There was no time, and I couldn't risk my sister's life to try and save Marsala. You just didn't want to try because Marsala's a Neo Sapien.
0: And then the Leon comes over and, uh, you know drop some of that cold-blooded knowledge about how you know if they interrogate Marsala he'll give away the invasion so they have to basically blow up the base with Marsala in it and you know we get another one. so at this point it there's a very clear theme of the episode the greatest fear is playing off of all the people's fears right so you have like JT Marshalls want to let his crew down and what happens everything goes wrong and he's going to have to basically go and blow up the base with Marsala it, and he accepts the responsibility. You know, they get all the fusion packs and they're like, we're going to blow this thing up. Marsala fears the auto mutation disease, which we're going to get to in a second and he in the future and all this stuff. Bronski fears walking. You know, uh, James fears losing his sister and all these actions happen because of their fears and their insecurities and I don't know. I thought that was like a really kind of cool theme that was running through it. Did you guys pick up on that, or am I just like a crazy person? Uh,
2: so I definitely didn't pick up on it until you said it. But now that you said it, it's a very good observation. It's a very keen observation.
1: Um, I'm, yeah, I'm right on that one. Um, I, that's a very good observation, Chris. You're very astute. You're Thank the best. You're the best of us.
2: Did not, e- <laughs> did not even come close to thinking about that. I actually thought at the end of the episode, I'm like. Why was it called The Greatest Fear? Real thought I had. Well, I hope I... Uh, well, if, if this
0: podcast did any, anything, I'm glad I helped clear up this episode title a little bit.
1: To your to your supposedly knowing co-hosts. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, usually, to be fair, somebody says, like, well, my greatest fear is losing... You know, they all would have said the title of the episode. Like, I, I got the JT stuff and I got the Marsala stuff. Um, and the James stuff, like, I already... I already get that. Like I don't think you know, this episode doesn't necessarily express that he's afraid of losing his sister or that she's afraid of losing him. But it's it's nice to know that it's involved in the episode.
0: Yeah. It's kinda like in the last episode when JT looked out his window and was like, the first step, and it was that was like the entire scene.
1: That's what I'm expecting. Like <laughs> the biggest orgy. Like that's you'd hear that in the you, you mean you mean the uh the Simbaka origin story? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Why are there so many naked people here? That's because this is the biggest orgy. No, Seraki, you fool. It's in We space. must
0: have the biggest orgy.
1: They, they haven't quite figured out anti gravity, so, like, there's naked yeah. people floating into you. Exactly, but the
0: gravity comes back every now and then, and everyone just flops down flops. into a giant fleshy pile. Oh, um, yeah, and there's orange slices, as we've established. <laughs> yes, you, you need that energy. Exactly. So, so at the end of that scene, um, Nara is just like, you guys are going to leave Marcella to die? Peace! Gets into his, her little, like, recon frame and just, like, takes off to go save him. Meanwhile, back at the base, the Neo Megas are up to something really kind of fucked up, and it turns out they're doing experiments to try to cure auto-mutation disease presumably to save Phaeton. Now, why Phaeton didn't keep this on Earth where he can monitor it and, like, you know, really kind of keep it under wraps? Don't
1: know. But, like, know. why does it need to be a secret?
0: Yeah, it's like, you know, we're going to cure cancer. No, to Venus with you. It's like, no,
1: just do it here. Don't tell the other... Like, why not tell Draconis? Like, it just seems like a pretty easy thing to do. Be like, hey, I'm working on a cure for... This thing that affects all of us. Oh, cool! Yeah, the uh, thing use, that will eventually <laughs> kill you. So, yeah.
2: So I totally agree with the. I totally agree with the practicality of like, yeah, this should be like a known project. But I do like thematically, like when you consider a World War II allegory, like now we're into like the weird science shit, which is really great. Which is really great because like the Neo Megas are working on like weird, like Phaeton is ordering these like really bizarre projects to be launched to like. Win the war, and uh, it's—I think it's—it's it's a nice—it's uh, one of my favorite parts of World War II lore. So I like seeing this part that in Exo Squad.
0: Well, it goes back to kind of what they were saying, how you know, like this is more Phaeton's war at this point because he's devoting a lot of resources now to basically saving him because he, in his mind, he can't win the war unless he's there. But yeah no it, it's it's kind of cool There's a lot of fun bureaucracy stuff in here too where Draconis is like
1: I demand to know what I am protecting you don't have the
2: authorization
1: or the intelligence I'd hate to have to tell phaeton about your unfortunate laboratory accident I, I just like that there's like so much you know dissent and discord amongst the neo sapiens that that that's kind of cool to see like there's you know there's more battles going on besides just the humans and the Neosapiens. It's Neosapiens are fighting within themselves as well as the humans fighting within themselves.
0: Yeah, and there's there's a good part in here where, you know, eventually they re- the Neomegas and uh I always forget his name, Lysinda or that's not how you say his name at all. Lysander. Um,
2: it's uh I think aren't all these guys from um from uh Antigone? Maybe, yeah, probably. I know Cre- I think Creon and uh yeah, cuz I think Creon and Lysander are both from um are both from uh Oedipus.
0: Hmm. Nice. That's interesting. Now look, now look who's coming through with all the revelations. So so we here we get to like the creepiest scene, well the second creepiest scene of the sh- the, the uh the episode where they're like, "Okay, what we're doing is we're trying to cure auto-mutation disease, so AMD, let's just call it that." And so draconis is like, okay, well show me
1: what you got. I want to see what you
0: got. They drag out a gooey boy and they have the serum and they inject this, just a little bit of them cuz and they're like basically look, the tiniest little drop, I mean the the goddamn smallest little bit of the serum can like totally fuck up your shit. So don't mess around with it. And Draconis' first thought is that then the mutating
2: agent could be a devastating weapon against Terrence or Phaeton and his supporters when the time comes. He's getting ready to kill Phaeton.
0: Yeah, he's got his secret base. He's got his, like, super chemical weapon. You know? It's crazy. Um, So, this, the thing in question is they inject the gooey guy and he f- takes on his, like, original form for, like, a second and then, like, four or five like separate hands and arms like kind of come out of his chest and he's screaming before he turns back into like a gooey blob and they're like oh didn't
1: work take him away boys and it's like super fucked up i thought it was pretty i mean i thought it was super interesting and that's why i thought this like horror aspect of it was like a really fun angle to explore and a little, like, a little bit different from what we've seen before like you know it kind of like um you know the end of terminator 2 and the guys in the like molten metal steel, you know, and he's turning into all the people he's been before. Yeah, right. You know, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty creepy. It's a pretty cool idea that they're playing with.
2: Uh, it's, it's not unlike the, like, quibern scenes in Game of Thrones, where, like, it's this weird mad science detour in an otherwise pretty straightforward, like, science fiction epic. Like, it's, it's a much messier story than the ones they usually tell.
0: Yeah, and I mean, this definitely marks our first foray into kind of the weirder side of the show, it's like where they make crab people and like gooey monster men and stuff. Um, the, cra-
1: the crab people I'm not on board with, but I but I, I don't mind a little bit of a diversion once in a while, you know? Yeah. Like, I do not think of it as a show, but like, you know, you're like watching a show and then they do maybe, you know, like a little bit more of a noir episode or a little bit more of a, a genre episode and it's like a fun thing that's not really where i want this show to go i don't really want to be about gooey guys or like (laughs) even like what's been fun about game of thrones so far is that like there's magic but it's not really super useful so far
0: yeah you know there's there's definitely a sense of um it's reality with a couple extra like tinges of something fun as opposed to you know well even like you look at uh, like a lord of the Rings. Yeah, there's like magical stuff, but a lot of the things they deal with day to day are like, I'm hungry, my feet hurt, you know? Or
1: like even I mean, this is a might be a weird <laughs> thing to praise, but in the uh Star Wars prequels, um you know you saw the Jedi get you saw the Jedi get overrun by a, enough guys with blasters. Yeah. You know, which is like, Oh, they're not superhero you know, they're not invincible. They're vulnerable. And I think that's a you know what I mean? You just can't have the magic Win every time,
0: yeah, no, definitely. Um, so they decide to threat then they threaten in Marsala with becoming a gooey guy himself. But uh oh, it's Nara and JT to come save the day. And JT uses his sunburst, like eats half the base. That thing rules, yeah, right? It literally like the ball goes out and like cuts half the mountain off.
1: It's well, like he he brings all the fusion packs from all the e frames to blow up the mountain. And then just stands outside of it shooting rockets at the mountain, at which starts to crumble, and then uses the sunburst, which blows up half the mountain. Never uses, the, never uses the, the efrit, never uses the fusion packs. And then, I don't want to get ahead of it, but like when he sees Marsala again, he's like, hey, I never thought I'd see you again. <laughs> Phew, I, th- I was totally planning on killing you. He like could have gone in and used the sunburst if he yeah. had to.
0: Yeah, I thought there was going to be a moment where... You know, because he tells De, De Leon's like, I'll do it, and he's like, no, I'll do it. So I thought there was going to be a moment where he, like, abandons his frame and hits the self-destruct, kind of like on Olympus Mons. Um, But yeah, like you said, he just shoots missiles, and I'm like, I don't know if the, the fusion packs are supposed to be, like, attached to the missiles or something, because they were just hanging off of them. But it was, it was a like little a, just unclear. Just in
1: case, I think.
0: Yeah, right? Um. So basically, they're attacking nara comes nara's like murdering her way in which is awesome i love seeing her just go buck wild and kill people um she gets in there the gooey guy who they were experimenting on before escapes and uh, one of the neomegas is it is it our main guy the uh lysol or no lysander
2: yeah. i think so yeah. yeah
0: yeah so the lysol man gets like trapped under some boulders and the gooey guy just like goes over and basically dry humps his head and absorbs him into his body which is great, and it, there's lots of screaming And glee noises, and it's I love that part um, And then he turns into a giant Neo-Mega, which is Kind of weird, has a fist fight with Marsala, Nara glocks And they basically just walk outside Marsh, like you said, is like, hey buddy Good to see ya, let's go home And then, in the ultimate dick move Marsh flies off And fucking Marsala and Nara Have to walk carrying this giant Neo-Mega On in their back <laughs> All the way back to the rebel base
2: yeah, so. but like JT is the lieutenant. Like you're Rank hath its privileges. Yeah, but he could like carry them. Like. I don't know, man. I don't think that's on JT. I think JT I think I think I think fraternization is a concern here, and I'm I think I stand by JT Marsh's decision. I think that was an alpha <laughs> I think he's a silverback and he acted appropriately.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Fucking uh it's it's pretty great. Um
1: but I'm not going to compete with that. That's right on.
0: Yeah. I definitely did think that was his like little like way to go, but you still disobeyed orders. Fuck off. And like just peaced. Um, so yeah, like overall thoughts on this episode, things you'd like improve or change or, you know, like the horror thing. I think, like you said, it could have been great if there was like a whole sequence of that, the bases blowing up and the giant gooey guys chasing them, like eating other Neo sapiens and stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a weird critique to say that. Like, I just wish there was more of it, and I wish it was like they could have explored that a little for, a little more because I think it would have been a fun like Friday night episode.
2: Yeah. yeah, no, I I really liked it. My only complaint is that at the very uh, is at the very beginning of the episode when uh, Typhonis or uh, is it Draconis Draconis is walking uh, walking into the base and is complaining about the Neo Megas. And his face gets contorted in like a cartoonishly like a cartoon, like a like a Warner Brothers cartoon anger. And I it's a weirdly distracting shot. Um, so, yeah, there are a
0: couple like that. There's like a, it almost gets Ren and Stimpy like where it's like like you idiot, like and it's just like the head gets all big and like
2: yeah you know
0: the eyes are popping out and the mouth is like crazy
2: the coloration on the neo megas kind of sucks too like sometimes like they just don't have uh head tattoos like
0: well and and uh you know lysol was you know if you look at it like last episode or two episodes ago i should say um the the neo megas were like like we said they looked like mph man they they were kind of just scrawny guys with slightly big heads and these guys are like the biggest. I don't know if it's supposed. They're supposed to be super smart, but they're like the biggest brains we've ever seen. Their heads are
2: huge. Yeah, they're like they're like sci-fi, like alien, alien huge. Um, yeah, the Neo Megas like going back to the crab people thing. What's interesting is like the Neo Megas is like a very logical, like yeah, like. Um, like, we need, we should, like, we should invent smart people to think for us. Like, that's a very natural, like, cast to develop. But, like, the crab people thing, as we'll see, is a little, like, I don't know. I can't, re- it's, it's like, um it's like the uh, hedonism bot in, uh it's like the hedonism bot in Futurama. You're like, why would you build that? Like, <laughs>
0: yeah. No, it, it's, I mean, we'll get there with the, the, you know, the Neo Warrior class or whatever they are. And, like, you know, and part of me wants to see that again to be, like, because I, you know, I have very strong like memories about it, but you know, seeing 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 it again, I wonder how I'm gonna like react to it, you know. Well, <laughs> who's your MVP?
2: I'm going to give it to uh, Lysander. Um, just for that scene where Draconis is uh, Draconis is sending his buddy that message, and and Lysander is like, "No outside communications," and <laughs> and it's just like, it's it's such a good like, because the Neo Megas like fill the like mad scientist role. It's such a great like, "I hear all" <laughs> moment for the Neo Megas.
1: I I got to give it to Marsala, I think, because he expresses his greatest fear in the beginning and then at the end he walks out with it. So he yeah. uh, he faces it. And yeah, uh, uh, honorable it mention Takagi for not pursuing a Neo-Sapien Yeah. Like you shouldn't. For doing his goddamn job. Yeah, exactly.
0: They actually make fun of him because it's like only you could brag about doing your job. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say mine is the one-woman murder machine Nara Burns who, again, just proves like... While she, you know, she started off the show being like, you know, I love my teddy bear and I don't want to hurt anyone. And now she's just fucking like infiltrating bases and going to save her best friends. So, yeah, I think that was the best because, again, she was absent for so many episodes. It's just fucking great to see her back in action and killing. Um, <laughs> I'll just run really quick. We got a couple of a uh, couple of questions about the episode. Like, did, were you guys just... You know, uh, John Ferrier, John C. Ferrier on Twitter, talks about how the, uh, I guess they changed art directors on the show. Uh, We talked about it a little bit, but, you know, if we stay with this art style for the rest of the show, do you think it'll be, like, distracting, or do you think it'll just be something we get used to?
1: I think I would would probably get used to it. I don't know that I... I think think if you hadn't told me that, I don't think I would have really noticed. Because we talked about how even in the beginning of season two, they changed this episode Yeah, well, or they it changed gets, in season two. I, I guess,
0: uh, who was it? One of the guys on, on the Twitter Q and a, and you know, I feel bad for not knowing, not having the name on, on my fingertips mentions that uh, there were a couple of different artists listed as like storyboard artists and things like that. So I know compared to the previous episodes, this one seems especially like cartoony, at least to me, it seemed like, like this, you know, the draconis stuff was, way more overblown and the, the last, last one. one
2: this is the
1: first time I noticed it yeah yeah but uh, so yeah so I don't know like I think I'd probably get used to it but I do I do like it when it's a little less cartoony personally I gotta need to be on dark stories every week but I like when the animation is a little more grounded those moments where there should be
0: some more like gravitas like you were saying before it, it can be that's when I find it distracting you know, yeah, but you know when it's like cartoons and or not cartoons or um combat, it's fine. Though there's one the the shot at the end with uh, Marsh's frame landing to pick them up is the they basically didn't animate his frame. It's kind of like in The Simpsons where Poochie goes back home. Uh, they kind of just took the square block of his frame and kind of spun it around and made it like land, but, you know, generally, good stuff, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. no, I don't think it's bad
2: yeah it's definitely it's definitely not it's definitely a good like i'm glad i watched it and i will watch it again yeah it's just not in my top 10 episodes
1: yeah no it's fine it's a fine episode
0: yeah no definitely um we're running a little long so i'm just gonna i think you know a lot of the stuff we kind of talked about in terms of like narrow burns and uh you know your your draconi and lysanderies and and the such um and it's also good to see uh, Deleon becoming the cold-blooded killer again and actually having a line for once.
2: I think his B-story picks up pretty soon, though.
0: Yeah, no, he starts getting a little more t- I think everything kind of picks up a bit now that we've kind of got the big balls rolling, if you will. Um, I'm sorry. As soon as I said that, I was just like, yep, big balls. Just
1: big balls. Well, guys, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, as usual, two loopy ladies on Etsy uh, 25films.com For your videography needs And Coca-Cola Drink a soda once in a while, it's good for you
0: Hey guys, did ever tip up about my uh, How my back started hurting? No oh. Yeah, it started about a week back um, So I got one of these Casper mattresses Hello No, please, that would be great if someone Stamps.com.
1: like Yeah
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Squarespace Build it beautiful uh, That's yeah. Harnedy uh, Has a Y at the end When you write that check
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah right um, But yeah We do have a uh, A Patreon page So if you go to Patreon and search For Exo Squad Goals, You will find it You can donate As little as Two dollars a month Maybe If that's possible uh, And it would totally help And we just like to say To our parents That we're We have jobs mom Yeah I'm going to say finally any uh, recommendations of things that you've seen and liked
1: nothing that I'm crazy about
2: <laughs> oh I watched Moana again it was really good it's it's really good the yeah. second time <laughs> really good oh if you are in New York City uh, go see Drew Harnady do stand up uh, he's really funny and he's also my brother <laughs>
0: nice. sick um, I was going to say uh, go for it started reading a book uh, it's It's Angela Nagel's Kill All Normies, and it's basically about the, uh, it's kind of a anthropological look at the rise of online culture and how, like, toxic and awful it is. It's, it's a good read. It kind of, like, looks at, you know, the far right and their insanity and kind of how that came about. And also, it looks at the left and how, like, sort of, while the, like, the right is super insane and, like, out kind of like trying to shove everything in people's faces the left is very insular in a lot of ways which develops its own sort of weird tendencies it's a a, a really interesting read she's an irish author uh she was actually featured on an episode of chapo trap house if you listen to that so it's it's worth you can find it on amazon but nice yeah so well guys another 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 hot one like seven inches from the midday sun
2: smooth guys smooth smooth. (laughs) so i
0: would like to thank eric calderon for our intro and outro music you can find this stuff on youtube and all sorts of other places just just use google or bing you'll be that one person who uses bing um and check it out uh we come out with a new episode every saturday the next episode is season two episode 13 flesh crawls so that's gonna be fun and probably really gross pretty gooey and moist um so yeah you know find us on twitter at Goals. email us at gmail.com no that's not how you say that email us at exosquadgoals at gmail.com and yeah so for Exosquad Goals, i'm chris mastalone
2: i'm ryan Hardy. i'm chris thank
0: here. i don't know guys um are there any heroes in this company no sir no sir yeah cool Wait, any last thoughts?
2: No, sir. Good answer. Only if I miss.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to think of a Brodsky line, but they're all like, did I bring a sandwich?
2: I can quit anytime I want to. (laughs) I don't Don't have have a problem. problem. What are you talking about?
0: Yeah, I don't have a problem with the Wolf Bronsky story.
2: Bronsky's different. I got it under control.
1: I learned it from you, Seth Rogen. neo
2: NeoSapiens cannot lie. Your drinking has impacted me in the following ways.
1: What's everybody doing in this room?
2: Where did the briefing starting with the secret mission? Bronsky.
1: <laughs> Take a seat, Bronsky.
0: You brought Napier and James all the way here for this? It's not even my birthday until
1: next week. Aw, Sarge. (laughs) Okay. All right, I'm going to stop recording. Yeah, Yeah, that's pretty fucked up.